Hey, 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 hey. Good morning. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, everyone. Ah, all right. It is time. Start the contrast on this. The brightness is set real low. Let's fix that. There we go. Now I can see what's going on. And here we go in three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Today is Wednesday. It's November 18th, 2020. My name is Jeremy, and this is my first cup of coffee. Came out good. Came out really good. It's the last of the, the Sumatran Starbucks, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of ground-up chaga. Chaga is a mushroom. It's got some pretty cool benefits. I didn't end up leaving the house yesterday. Um, I think yesterday I, I talked about not feeling so great. I felt fine through the day. Uh, it was just, a, I guess, a morning thing. And then it snowed. So I didn't, I didn't even deliberate whether or not I was leaving the house. I just, you know what, between sneezing a little bit and it snowing, I'm just gonna stay here. And when I was finally done with my work at eight o'clock, <laughs> you know what I did? I set up my new toy, my new PlayStation, PS4, because it is going to be a cold, snowy, dark, lonely, uh, uh, quarantined winter. And I was going nuts. And I needed something. So I downloaded, I, I, downloaded, I ordered that and set it up and started playing racing games last night for about an hour when I went to bed. I needed something. I needed something that I could do without eating. Because I have this tendency when I watch TV to eat. And you can only clean the house so many times. And you can only work so many hours before you lose your mind. So that is, video games are gonna be my hobby. Everything else I came up with, seriously, I've been working on coming up with a hobby for a year. Everything else I came up with uh, was a very short jump to, ooh, I could sell that. I don't want another business. So that's what we're doing. What else happened yesterday? I gave a, a presentation to a entrepreneur group about manufacturing products and told them all the horror stories, all the things that have gone wrong. They were really intrigued at the disaster that had been so many of the aspects of Whistlekick's history. It was a little depressing at times, but um, you know, I've learned a lot from it, and hopefully these other people learn from it. If you go to the, I shared links on my personal page on Facebook as well as my consulting page on Facebook. Uh, even though it's it's the stories were about Whistlekick, it didn't seem like it appealed. It would appeal to Whistlekick people, so I didn't share it there. But if you want to track it down, you can find it on either of those two pages, or you can go directly to the organization, Street Entrepreneurs. They're based in DC, it's a nonprofit, pretty cool group. They're doing some neat stuff. I, I really like what they're doing. Uh, had an interview with an amazing martial artist, an amazing man yesterday. Someone who, um, there's a good chance that if you've ever bought a martial arts book, you are connected to this man. So I won't say any more about that. It'll be out in a couple weeks. Uh, 
but it was a really good interview. And by interview, I mean, he told awesome stories and I laughed or said, wow, a handful of times. I, I didn't have to keep this guy going. I think I've, I worked less on this one than almost any other episode. And that might seem like a bad thing, but that's what I'm looking for. You guys know, everybody who listens to Martial Arts Radio knows me. They know, they know my history. They know what I have to say. They just want to hear the stories from the guest. At least that's what I think. That's what I want. It's really good today. So what's going on today? Um, well, one of the things I have to do is I have to fix our notes on Monday's episode. So um, it was brought to my attention yesterday that we misspoke as we, well, I might have written down my notes wrong or something, but bottom line, Monday's guest, Glenn Murphy, uh, is not in the UK. He's in North Carolina. So I have to fix that. I have to fix that across a few places. So if you see it, I know. He messed up. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it today. Uh, what else is going on? I'm going to write. I hammered through, I think of it, I'm over 10,000 words. And it's only been, what, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, four days. So I'm averaging 2,500 words a day. I, th I, I don't think I did 1,000 yesterday. I just, I, I didn't have a lot of time. I was distracted. And I was getting into a spot in the book where I wasn't quite sure where to go. I've laid out this framework and I introduced a character that I didn't realize was going to require so much time and thought. Somebody who was pretty significant in my childhood. And uh, apparently I'm working through some stuff, bringing her in, kind of a grandmotherly figure. And. Uh, yeah. These are real people in, these, in this book. Some of them are, you know, combinations of people, but they're real. And I'm bringing as much as I can of them into the book. Some are people I don't get to see often. Some are people I will never see again. And uh, that's, it's interesting. I don't know if this is how other people write fiction, but this is how I do it. Apparently. But I'll write more today, and my goal is to finish up the rest of the first chapter, which is technically the second chapter, because there's an introduction, which I finished. Still trying to do it by the end of the month, at least the first draft. Hey, look, it's snowing. What else is happening? I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to eat. got a meeting for the Vermont Small Business Development Center. I'm on the board of that. Did you know that? I do some stuff. And I got a bunch of other projects to do. Well, let's see what you all wrote in. What stuff do you want me to think about, talk about? Uh, Gabe asked, who's your favorite comedian? I don't know if he's asking this based on conversations we've had. So those of you who don't know, Gabe is involved in Whistlekick Live. He is the producer of Whistlekick Live, puts together a ton of the content. The show has grown tremendously because of him and really appreciate him. Uh, his wife is also writing uh, 
rewriting the, the Master Hopkick book and doing Master Hopkick short stories, which are going live at marshalljournal.com. Check those out. Uh, just great family. They've been really supportive. Gabe and I talk, as you might imagine. We debrief after each episode of, of live, and quite often I relate things back to jokes that comedians have said. And it seems like with, with Gabe, much of what I've referred to are jokes from Mitch Hedberg. And if you know Mitch Hedberg, there's like, like three or four fruit flies in the house and they're driving me insane. Uh, if you know Mitch Hedberg, you know that despite his uh, prolific drug use and dying of an overdose, he was much more insightful than you might imagine. He's one of my favorite comedians. Do I have an absolute favorite favorite? If there was one person I could listen, I could only listen to one comedian for the rest of time, Robin Williams, hands down. Um, if you want to see the best example of Robin Williams, alongside someone else that I, I look up to tremendously who has passed away, it's Robin Williams being interviewed by James Lipton on Inside the Actor's Studio. And if you know that show, if you knew the format, they'd open the show, James Lipton would start talking, the guest would answer a question. I think it's 10 or 15 minutes before James Lipton gets a word in because Robin Williams just gets up and walks off and just starts engaging with the audience. And I think he refers to it as uh, legalized insanity. That you can just see that there's no filter there. He just, he is, I believe a genius. And, and I think I've expressed before my, my definition of a genius is someone who is able to see the world in a dramatically different way. And quite often that requires seeing everything in a different way and it becomes really hard to deal with. If you think about the best examples of genius, uh, scientifically, intellectually, uh, artistically, quite often they have short lives because it's a struggle and then put fame and, and money on top of that. And it's a lot, it's a lot to handle. But you get to see Robin Williams at, as far as I'm concerned, his absolute best. It's raw, it's authentic, it's, it's incredibly admirable. because he, he doesn't hold back. So Robin Williams is my favorite comedian. I've listened to a lot of his stuff. Not a huge fan of his acting, to be honest. Uh, it, it's, it's not what I love about him. But maybe I'll go back. I, I've, I've never watched Mork and Mindy, maybe I should. That's where I got to start. Robin Williams, my favorite comedian. Moving on. And we've got three quotes here from Frank. Thank you to Frank. If you're new and you don't know Frank, Frank is the producer here for this show. He makes sure I've got stuff to talk about. He gives me feedback. He does some of the back end stuff. He's just, he's a wonderful asset as well. We, I've said this a few times in the last couple of days, so let me say it here publicly. 
We have an amazing team. We have a tremendous group of people who believe in the mission here at Whistlekick that the world would be a better place if we grow martial arts participation. That's, that's why we do this. And there are a number of people who volunteer their time to help with certain efforts that are along those lines. Um, you know, it's not, this is a commercial enterprise uh, that loses money. It will make money eventually. And at the agreement I've made with everyone is that if the thing that you work on with me makes money, I'll split it with you. If we ever get to a point with First Cup here where we have enough viewers that it makes money on ads, say, better believe I'm giving Frank money. I would love to. It just hasn't happened yet. If you want to help that, make sure you hit that thumbs up button. Seriously, it does help. I see it in the numbers. On this day in 1878, Mitsuyu Maeda was born. He is often referred to as the father of BJJ. I was unable to find quotes by this individual, so we will do quotes from other grappling arts practitioners. If you think, you are late. If you are late, you use strength. If you use strength, you tire. And if you tire, you die. Salo Ribeiro. I saw you guys hit that thumbs up. Thank you. It's one of the, the factors that YouTube uses to determine what they're going to sh show and recommend. I like this a lot. It's, I mean, it's coming from a, I'm assuming, a Brazilian grappler, but the, the implication here is, is, is beautiful. If you think you are late, it's, thinking takes too much time. If you are late, you're going to use strength. I don't care whether it's grappling or striking. If you've lost the ability to use timing, all you have left is strength. Timing, timing is what you, what you leverage with skill. Strength is what you use when you, when you fail at that. If you use strength, you tire. That's pretty obvious. And if you tire, you die. Anybody who hasn't spent time grappling, I mean, really, I don't mean grappling like for your life or in a competition, but if, if you've spent some time on the mats doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or, you know, another grappling art, you know how quickly you can tire if you're trying to overpower people. Now, it's no secret that I've spent that much time doing grappling just enough to understand some of these basic concepts, but I am not, e I, not even a white belt. If you went to your average Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym and paired me up with a white belt, I would say 95% of them would clean my clock. I don't have much time in. I'm stronger than most people my size, and so when I started grappling, I th thought, yeah, I'll be able to overpower people my size, maybe even a little bigger. There's even a, an iota of skill. That's not the case. And a good practitioner can keep you there, using your force, tiring out, and then when you're tired, then they make their move. And you see this, as, it's a legitimate fight strategy with any 
sort of combat. You see it in points barring, you see it in boxing, you see it in MMA. Tire the other person out and then bam! Take them out. So one of the things I was learning in, gosh, it's probably been a year since I've done any real grappling. I remember the last time that I was able to do that and my partner was a really nice guy. He was older than me, but, but bigger. And I was able to be patient and let him tire and just get to a position where it didn't take a lot of energy to keep him there. And he, he ended up submitting me, I remember, because he used his strength. He, I mean, he had more time in, he was better than me for sure. But it was really interesting that even though I lost, I felt like I'd be taken a big step forward by being patient. When I, I don't know if I can explain that story well enough to relate, but I, I've, I've witnessed and grappled with other very high level grapplers. And I, I think I've told the story before that I, I had the chance to roll with uh, Carlos Newton, who's a, a former UFC champ. And he just closed his eyes and it was just, it was poetry, it was beautiful. Just, he knew where every joint aspect of my body was at all times and used no energy to absolutely dominate me. And yeah, he had some weight on me, but more so he had a tremendous amount of skill. And it was really cool to experience how effortless that could be. And the closest thing I have to that to, to relate to is when I spar, if I'm sparring with someone who is new. I mean, I'm a, I'm a decent points fighter. I'm not a great point fighter or, or continuous fighter, anything like that. I'm okay. Um, I have flexible hips, so my legs, you got to treat my legs longer than they really are. I tell people to fight, fight like I'm six feet. And I can, I've got good placement with my foot. I know how little energy that takes to just go, you know, put my foot where it needs to be for someone who isn't skilled in knowing where I'm going to put my foot. Let's see if you can guess who this is as I read it. People love the idea of winning an Olympic medal or a world title, but what few people realize is that pretty much every second leading up to the actual win is uncomfortable, painful, and impossibly daunting, both physically and mentally. Most people focus on the wrong thing. They focus on the result, not the process. The process is the sacrifice. It is all the hard parts, the sweat, the pain, the tears, the losses. You make the sacrifices anyway. You learn to enjoy them or at least embrace them. In the end, it is the sacrifice that must fulfill you. Ronda Rousey. Someone I would absolutely love to have on martial arts radio. Um, because I think the world forgets that she's a traditional martial artist. I think the moment that she started doing MMA, they forgot that she was a judoka, and a really good one. Probably because there's no money in judo, which is a shame. But I would love to talk to her about her upbringing.
and not talk to her about being an unintentional, I assume, unintentional, you know, MMA sex symbol, which is what most of the world seems to try to force her into. Maybe that's what she wants to be. And if so, hey, more power to her. But something tells me there's a lot more to her personality that we don't get to see. And kudos to her for transitioning to wrestling and making way more money with way less physical risk. <laughs> but I love this quote. It's the process. It's the journey. The, the, end, the destination is so, is so minimal. It's so short. If you can't enjoy the process, how, how are you going to get there? If, how are you going to make it to... Well, as, as much as I don't like using black belt as an example destination... I think it's a good example of what's wrong with the way we market martial arts. I'm talking to martial artists, so you get it. Are you going to make it to black belt or second or fifth or whatever if you hate training? No. You just, you're not going to put in that time. It's not going to be worth it. Are you going to earn that promotion or um, build that business or whatever if you don't enjoy the process? No. And the best example, the one where I think people struggle the most is in physical fitness. People hate exercise, but they want to have a healthy body. You've got to find a way to enjoy the exercise. You've got to find some exercise that you enjoy. It's, maybe it's martial arts, maybe it's hiking, maybe it's lifting weights. And that's a big shift that I've made over the last couple of years. I've talked about this before, that like Monday, I absolutely didn't want to go to the gym. I didn't. I wanted to sit home, but I knew that if I got there and I worked out long enough, I would be happy I did and I would enjoy it. So what did I do? I focused on why I was pushing myself to go to the gym. Did it for me, not. Do I have goals physically? Yeah. I've achieved most of them. I, I'm, I'm happy with my body. But now it's makes my life better to go. It's, it's one of the few places I can be around other people right now. Our lockdowns here in Vermont are... This is not a very good Mr. Miyagi moment. I can't even get the fly with my hands, let alone chopsticks. You've got to find a way to enjoy the process. Anything you're going to do long-term, you've got to find a way to enjoy the process. And sometimes it's just shifting your perspective. Maybe you hate your job. What can you find that you like about your job? Maybe you can tie your job to what you learn. Or maybe it's just about the paycheck and you can relish all the things that you get to do in life because you have that job, or maybe there are people that you like. You, you gotta find something to enjoy. Otherwise, you're just, you're just gonna be miserable. And this is a great one to end on. Once you've wrestled, everything else in life is easy. Wrestling absolutely incorporates skill and timing and also strength there's a i 
I say this as an observer of wrestling. And it may be wrong. And if someone under, you know, has a, a great deal of experience with both and I am wrong, please correct me. But my observational difference between, say, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and wrestling is that there are more moments where you apply strength in wrestling than you do in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is skill, 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 strength. Wrestling seems like it's skill, strength, skill, strength, skill, strength. The matches are shorter. They seem like they tend to be shorter. right there. It's teasing me. And one of the things I've noticed, I've been around a number of wrestlers. Uh, back when I did gymnastics, we would have wrestlers come in that wanted to do, the, do open gym or, or learn backflips and stuff. They're amazing athletes. Their cardio is exceptional. Their, their ability to... If you took a... a decent college-level wrestler and put them into martial arts, you would see them not only pick up skills very well, but amazing combatives. And if you take a look at high-level mixed martial arts, you'll see there are quite a few people who used to wrestle in college. And the best example is, uh, is Brock Lesnar. And just absolute monster. But go back and watch some of his his, uh, his videos of him wrestling in college. Dude's a monster. Strong. Fit. It just, it's... Some people don't think of wrestling as a martial art, and maybe it's not structured the way that a lot of us think about traditional martial arts. But I think it is very, very close. I consider it a traditional martial art. It's been around for forever. Uh, you don't reach a high level as a wrestler without figuring some stuff out about yourself and progressing. I mean, there's, it takes a lot of time on the mats and it takes a really strong, really strong person to endure getting slammed on those mats constantly. It's not for everybody. Good stuff today. Good conversation. I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope you learned something. I hope you... hope I gave you something to think about today as you go through your day. Think about your why. It's important. Now, if you've got questions or comments, stuff for me to respond to, please drop it in the comment section below once the show ends because we do this every weekday, 6.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time right here on YouTube. Catch it later in audio form or just watch it later. If you're new, make sure you subscribe. You turn on notifications. If you're watching, hit those thumbs up buttons on any of our videos, please. It really helps others find the show. And if you want to support us beyond that, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com slash whistlekick. And we've got stuff on the store at whistlekick.com. If you buy something there, use the code FIRSTCUP15. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your support. And that's it. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Peace.